Welcome to Matthew's World of Wine and Drink, an educational podcast dedicated to teaching you all about the wines of the world, the different regions, the different styles, the different grape varieties, and the history and culture of wine. In this episode, we're going to look at southwest France, a large region located between Bordeaux on the Atlantic coast and the Mediterranean. In many ways, this region is disconnected from the rest of France by language, by culture, and indeed by the grape varieties that are planted there. But historically, this is an extremely important region, with wine-producing areas that go back centuries and centuries. But it has struggled, in part because of its disconnection with the rest of France, and also because of Bordeaux. And Bordeaux would impose taxes on the wines coming from the southwest of France in order to protect its own wines, making the wines more expensive from those regions than the wines of Bordeaux. And so Bordeaux became world-famous, whereas these uh, regions languished in its shadows. And also because some of the grape varieties are quite obscure and local and not planted anywhere else, which means there's a lack of familiarity with the grape varieties and the wines being produced. But these wines are um, very individual, distinctive, and often high quality and good value. So let's look at some of these regions. First of all, we'll start with Bergerac, which is inland from Bordeaux. And so it borders Bordeaux and it produces wines which are very similar to those of Bordeaux at much better prices. And Bergerac has been overlooked uh, because of Bordeaux's higher reputation, because Bordeaux would impose taxes on the wines of Bergerac, but it's something that should um, be looked at very favourably because the wines are such good value. And the wines are getting better and more sophisticated as well. Bergerac is a town that's located on the banks of the river Dordogne. So the Dordogne is a river which flows eastwards from Bordeaux. And the climate is a mixture of maritime and continental, so the maritime climate of Bordeaux influences that of Bergerac, but it's also more inland, so more continental. The soils around the river Dordogne are alluvial, but then as you go up on the slopes, the, so- uh, the soils are clay and limestone. And these slopes, the, or the terraces, um, have their own appellations. Um, these higher sites produce a bit more distinctive wines. But a lot of these appellations are so small and um, not very well known that they're often sold under the Bergerac label. But these appellations include Monravel, which produces dry and sweet white wine, quite light-bodied. That's on the right bank of the river Dordogne. Peixamon is for red wine. Rosette is a historical sweet wine that's very little made anymore. And Sauzignac is another sweet white wine. And about 25% of the white wine produced in Bergerac is sweet, uh, sometimes under the uh, Côte de Bergerac Moyeux um, appellation. But a lot of red wine made as well. Côte de Bergerac um, is similar to Bergerac, but it's on the slopes and it's barrel aged and it ages longer. And that, that red wine will be made from the same grape varieties as Bordeaux, Cabernet Sauvignon, Cabernet Franc, uh, Merlot. And Cabernet Sauvignon here will not struggle to ripen like it does in um, Bordeaux, so the wines might be a little bit riper and more uh, forgiving. Of those small appellations, the one appellation which will um, be on a label is Montbazillac, and this is well known enough to um, be bottled on its, in its own right. 2,000 hectares of plantings here, and the wines for Montbazillac are always sweet, and the wines are improving and getting better and better, especially since 1993 when mechanised harvesting was banned, and so the quality has improved dramatically in the last 25 years. And because mechanised harvesting is now banned, producers are more open to allowing botrytis to develop, and Montbazillac is located near the river Dordogne and also the river Gardenette and so these conditions are ideal 
for noble rot, uh, morning mists just allow that rot to develop. And so producing high quality sweet wines at great value, similar to Sauterne, the same grape varieties, Semillon, Sauvignon Blanc, and Muscadel. Muscadel is a bit more common in Montbaziac than it is in Sauterne, adding aromatics to the, the wine. And uh, so great value, a little bit lighter bodied than Sauterne, but also a lot, lot less expensive. And that is generally true of Bergerac and Montbaziac. The wines are similar to Bordeaux, but much uh, better value. Going um, inland and a little bit south, we go to Cahors. And Cahors is uh, a well-known region, again extremely historic, mentioned in the 1200s as being drunk in London, where it is called the black wine because of its deep colour. And the main grape of Cahors is Malbec locally called Auxacrois. So Malbec is actually the Bordeaux name for this grape variety, which has um, taken on internationally. And Malbec, of course, has been very successful in Argentina, and so more attention has been devoted to Cahors. And there's more investment in this region, and more interest and focus on it. Uh, the other two grape varieties planted in Cahors are Tanat and Merlot. So Malbec has to be 70% of the blend, and tannat will be added if you want to add tannins, but more likely Merlot will be added to soften the wine, because Malbec can be quite a tannic grape in its own right. Cahors has a Mediterranean and an Atlantic influence. It's really halfway between Bordeaux and the Mediterranean, and so you get the warm influence of the Mediterranean, and then the little bit of rain coming from the Atlantic. As I mentioned, historically extremely important, but like a lot of these regions, it suffered because of Bordeaux's protectionism. It is connected to Bordeaux by the river Lot, so in the Middle Ages uh, the wines were found throughout northern Europe because the river connected uh, Cahors to Bordeaux, and so the wines would be distributed from that port, but then Bordeaux started imposing taxes. But even in the 19th century, 40,000 hectares were planted, and quite a bit of this wine was used for blending with Bordeaux to deepen the colour and make the wines a bit more tannic. But then phylloxera hit Cahors and really, really hurt it, and now there are only 4,000 hectares of uh, vines planted in Cahors, so 10% of what it was 200 years ago. Uh, but Cahors is divided into two. There, are the there is the plateau, which is arid and limestone, and these vineyards are called the Cours, and these produce uh, wines which have been aged for quite a long time, more tannic, more structured, more concentrated. And then on the terraces coming down from the plateau, the soils are sand and gravel, and these are called cotto, and um, produces the younger, fruitier wines. So Cahors can be quite a difficult wine to buy because there are these different styles, more age-worthy, more structured, or younger and fruitier. The price will give you an idea of the style of wine that you're going to get. South of uh, Cahors, we have Gaillac, and this again is ex historically extremely important. And wine production here goes back all the way to the Gauls, so one of the few regions in France which predates the, the Romans. Uh, monks grew um, grapes here and made wine, and it goes into the Middle Ages. And guess uh, what stopped Gaillac's popularity around Europe? Bordeaux. And so Bordeaux would again impose those taxes, and Gaillac's uh, popularity waned because they were more expensive than Bordeaux. And then Phylloxera hurt Gaillac also. But Gaillac is growing again. There's 2,700 hectares planted here, and there's a lot of investment in Gaillac because the land is cheap, so people can come in here and start making wine without too much cost. Gaillac is dominated by local grape varieties, uh, both for white and for red wine. For white wine, there's Mozac, which is the grape used in Cremant de Lumeau in Languedoc, and this has distinctive apple aromas and can be quite astringent. And that astringency is balanced by Laine de Lel, which means far from sight. And that grape variety does lack acidity, so it balances the Mozac. 
and that has to be part of the blend with muscadel. So muscadel, that aromatic grape planted in uh, Montbaziac as well as a little bit in Bordeaux. Ondonc is another local grape variety used for sweet wine and it can also use uh, Sauvignon Blanc and Semillon as well as muscadel. The sweet wine can be extremely high quality, aged in oak, and there are two appellations for sweet wine, Gaillac Du and Gaillac Premier Coat, and the Premier Coat will come from the limestone slopes of Gaillac, and these are lusciously sweet wines, and there may be some botrytis, depending on the vintage. Sparkling wine is also made here. Gaillac Perle is um, a lightly sparkling wine, and also wine made using the method Gaillacoise, which is like the method Ancestral, so a very traditional way of making sparkling wine, which will have the yeast sediment still in the bottle, so you'll actually be able to see the sediment in it. It has not been uh, removed by disgorgement. And these will be medium sweet and again lightly sparkling. And then also there's Van de Voile, which is a wine very similar to Van Jorn in the Jura, or to Fino in the Sherry, but not fortified. And it will have that layer of floor, like Fino, on top of the uh, wine, producing those very distinctive um, aromas. And then there's red wine, made from local grapes such as Dora, which has colour, fruit and body, and Fair Sevedu, locally called Brocol, which is a very tannic grape. And fair literally means an iron in French, and that's referring to that almost metallic quality. And those two grape varieties must be 40% of the blend for red wine. Also planted here is Gamay, which is a recent introduction, and that's for the younger style of wines. And Syrah has been encouraged to add concentration to the wines of Gaillac. Near Gaillac, just to the west, is Fronton, a small region which is made from Negrette, another local grape variety, which must be 50% of the blend. It's quite rare to see Fronton outside of the area, uh, mainly drunk in Toulouse. Going west, towards the Atlantic Ocean, we have the two appellations of Madiran and Pacherenc du Vic Biel, which is quite hard to say and to spell. And so Madiran is more famous here. Um, this is concentrated tannic wine made from tannat with maybe a little bit of Cabernet Sauvignon, Cabernet Franc or Fair, that great variety of Fronton. And just to add to the confusion, Fair here is sometimes called Pinanc. So even though it's very close to Fronton, there's a different name for the great variety. And tannat is an extremely tannic grape, as the name suggests. And destemming is mandatory in Madiran, because otherwise those stems would just add too much tannin to the wine. And historically, this is a wine which would benefit from a, a long period of aging, 10 or 20 years before opening the bottle would be recommended. But there are more modern wines being made in Madiran, which are more approachable when young. And this is where the concept of micro-oxygenation was invented in the 1980s. And that just exposes the wine from time to time to a little bit of oxygen in order to soften the wine and make it more approachable when young. And so Madiran can be drunk um, younger than it used to. Pacherang du Vic Biel is for white wine and it covers the same area as Madiran and it can be dry or sweet and it's very similar to Jurensan, which we'll mention in a moment, but with a bit more alcohol. And that's because of the grape varieties which are used in um, Pacherang. Uh, the local grape varieties Corbu and Petit Corbu add some alcohol. And then Gros Monsang and Petit Monsang 
are also grown here, and these are the same grape varieties for Jurançon, which is to the south in the foothills of the Pyrenees. And Jurançon is high quality, producing both dry and sweet white wines, tangy and distinctive, going all the way back to the Middle Ages. And they came up with the concept of Cru, these single vineyard sites in the 1300s. So they've had a very strong understanding of which vineyards produce which styles of wine um, since um, 800 years ago. Um, it did suffer from phylloxera. So now there's just 820 hectares planted in the foothills of the Pyrenees with some rain coming from the Atlantic. A vast variety of soils, limestone, sand, clay and rocky soils. So again, that's that idea of single vineyard because of the different soils. The two grape varieties, Gros Monsong, produces stronger flavours, a little bit less elegant. That's for the dry wine and also produces high yields. Petit Monsong is small with thick skins and that produces very little juice, so low yields. And that's for the sweet wine. And the practice of passerie is used here, which is passing through the vineyard on several occasions, picking the grapes when they're really overripe, dry and shriveled. So you've really got the sugar concentrated for the sweet wine. So there's no noble rot here. It's all about the late harvest, which can actually go all the way into December and you have to go through the vineyard at least twice before picking all the grapes under the Appalachian rules. And this is very high quality and can age extremely well. And then one last Appalachian is part of the Basque part of France, so on the Spanish border, very proud, very uh, local identity. It's a small region called Iruligui, uh, which is expanding. There's now 60 producers up to 400 metres altitude in the foothills of the Pyrenees and lots of sunshine here. And both red and white wine is made here. The red wine is from Tanat and Cabernet Franc, which must be 50 to 90% of the blend with Cabernet Sauvignon potentially added. So light red wine is produced here because of that higher altitude. And also white, very similar to Pacharenc du Vic Biel with Corbu, Petit Corbu, Gros Monsong and Petit Monsong. That's an interesting individual uh, region. So that is southwest France, a lot of different appellations producing their own styles of wine, very historic, and a lot of these regions are now re-emerging with uh, international interest in them. Definitely worth seeking out if you can. So thank you for listening. This is Matthew, and this has been Matthew's World of Wine and Drink.